This is Jax Hollow, and you are listening to my weekly mixtape with Brian Colburn. And enjoy the show. Welcome to My Weekly Mixtape, a podcast that takes the classic mixtape approach to building a modern playlist. I'm your host, Brian Colburn. Joining me tonight as guest curator is the amazing blues rock and Americana artist, Jax Hollow. Jax, thank you so much for joining me on My Weekly Mixtape. For sure, man. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. And I'd like to start by asking you the same question I ask all of my first-time guests. What does the word mixtape mean to you? Shit. Mixtape is when you burn a bunch of songs onto a CD for your significant other to never listen to. (laughs) I will say I have made many of those CDs for people, including my wife now. And we have had conversations where a song will come on and I'll be like, do you remember when I put that on that mix CD for you? And she said, I've never heard this song before in my life. And you spend so much time being like, oh, yes, this perfectly explains how I feel. This person will definitely understand. (laughs) Tonight, we're going to be co-curating a mixtape that hopefully people will listen to. And it's going to be filled with modern blues rock tunes. And I'd like to start by asking you, how would you describe the state of blues rock music in 2024? It's more than Joe Bonamassa. I just want to say that. (laughs) It's kind of cool. There's actually a cool scene happening in Nashville on its own for blues rock as well. And I feel like we get more and more bands coming in that are more affiliated with the old school ways of the guitar and rock. And there's some cool bands that have made it semi-big that are pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, it's a cool state. It's, it's definitely not big in in the media and in your face and flashy, some of it, but it's there and it's definitely got a presence and people show up to shows. So That's what it's yeah. all about. Well, let's get down to business. Tonight, as I mentioned, Jax and I will be curating the ultimate modern blues rock mixtape and we'll use the old cassette deck approach. Jax, as my special guest, will begin side A with her first song choice, and then I'll add a song that I feel best follows up that choice. We'll then flip-flop choosing songs until we've mapped out 10 songs for side A. We'll then give our mixtape a proverbial flip, and we'll map out side B, only this time I'll kick things off with Jax choosing second. Our overall goal for this episode is to craft the best modern blues rock mixtape possible through only 20 songs. And at the end of the show, you could take our conversation to the next level by visiting the episode page at myweeklymixtape.com to give our final mixtape a listen via the embedded playlist. And if you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help me out by either telling a friend, leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in, or becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. And a few of the Patreon mixtapers chimed in with songs that they would use to kick off our modern blues rock mixtape, and I want to give a quick shout out to them. Starting off with brand new Patreon mixtaper Chad Lamassa, who chimed in with Emily Wolf's Walk in My Shoes. Chad, welcome to the mixtaper family. Stoked to have you on board and looking forward to talking music with you in the forum. Jason Donchus chimed in with both the Steepwater Band's Please a Believer and Band of Heathens Medicine Man. And Seeker chimed in with the Sheepdogs Who. 
So, Jax, with that musical food for thought out in the atmosphere, I'm officially pressing the record button on our mixtape, and the floor is yours. Why don't you dive into the song you chose to kick off Side A? Hell yeah. Um, Man, that's cool. Your listeners are digging deep, and that's awesome. Glad to hear. I would do Electric Man by Rival Sons. That song kicks ass. It's hot. That's one of those songs you want to make out to. Hell yeah. a good one rival sons i saw them with stp back in 2019 and i'll tell you what seeing them live for the first time like i've heard the albums i know the songs but seeing them bring that energy to the stage is so infectious and that riff is so like the words electric man as soon as that riff starts you almost feel it in the tone of the guitar there's a certain tinge that he leads in the opening guitar of that song where when you hear electric man it almost sounds like a static on top of the distortion it's a really cool technique that they did with that one you know tell you what rebel sons i saw them at the ryman and the thing is is that they've got great songs they actually have a new record out dark fighter but they are just one of those bands that they're amazing live like the vote that dude can sing his ass off he is a monster vocalist one of my favorite ones i've ever seen live like he will he will chop you down and like not even look at you you know they are one to see live more than to listen to as well you know one of those bands yeah well i'm gonna lean onto that guitar tone that we talked about for rival sons and i think what i'm gonna follow that up with is a riff that I can only describe by taking two parts of Jimi Hendrix and his impact on the blues, adding in one cup of Rage Against the Machine's intensity, throwing it into a blender, and getting the dirty riff from When My Train Pulls In by Gary Clark Jr. This is the kind of riff that would would have made Jimi Hendrix smile because the groove that these guys lock into is very reminiscent of what I loved so much about the experience. There's just a vibe going on and the guitar solo in it is just obnoxious, absolute fire. This song is seven plus minutes long and the music video is seven plus minutes long, which speaks volumes because there's really no part of this song that you could cut to make a radio edit without taking away from the core of the song. And the entire Black and Blue album from 2012 is a monster with songs like Numb, Bright Lights, and that mashup of, once again, Jimi Hendrix's Third Stone from the Sun and Little Johnny Taylor's If You Love Me Like You Say. The album is just incredible And I think following up Rival Sons, this kind of keeps that intensity going. So Gary Clark Jr.'s When My Train Pulls In. Yeah, dude, he's a monster. Good shit, man. I would say uh, some like kind of local monster. Some of my friends are in this band called Goodbye June. Yes. And uh, shout out to my my buddy Tyler. I would do Goodbye June three chords. Nice. Which has bite. After your song, it's got that bite, but it's also really focused on lyrics. And um, it's about chasing the dream and uh, not being afraid to do so. Love yeah. Goodbye June. That's awesome because they're a group that, in my mind, is on the up and up right now. They're a group that you want more people to know about. And obviously, 
Rival Sons and Gary Clark Jr. are almost, I don't want to say at the top of the mountain, but they're getting there. People know who they are. And there's bands like Goodbye June that more people need to know about because there's so much friggin' talent there. It's just ridiculous. Again, live is going to, because I saw them at this Gibson Garage event. And I mean, I hadn't actually seen them live. And when I saw them at that, I was like, come on. <laughs> Again, they're one you got to see live. You know, they got great songs, but people don't understand. And <laughs> yeah, got to see my boys live. They kill it. They got new stuff coming out too. I got to listen in on some of their new stuff. It's it's good. Yeah. Well, following that up, I think I'm going to dive into the lyrical aspect of what you were talking about and kind of piggyback off of that. And I'm going to go back to 2012. 2012 was an amazing year for blues rock, in my opinion. And people might remember this next artist from her late 90s hit L.A. song Out of This Town, which was an adult contemporary hit. However, since 1999, Beth Hart has pivoted into a more blues rock bass, working with Joe Bonamassa on the 2011 Don't Explain album, which was the first of several that they did together, but then going off on her own and creating the amazing Bang Bang Boom Boom, which came out in 2012 and reached number three on the Billboard Blues album charts, which is one of her biggest to date. And the song I'm going to go with is the seven plus minute again. I don't know what it is. I'm picking long songs tonight so far, but Caught in the Rain. This song just ping pongs from sexy to this monster scream that Beth has. It's just so sultry and powerful. And to go from this soft and emotive delivery to this heft that just demands your attention, it, its song is just oozing with dynamics. And to put that into perspective for people who don't know who Beth Hart is, her latest album is 2022's A Tribute to Led Zeppelin that features, well, you guessed it, nothing but Zeppelin covers. And she friggin' kills it. So Beth Hart caught out in the rain. Hell yeah, dude. Her vocals are, uh, yeah. Like you said, dynamics. Dynamics are really important to me. <laughs> I don't know. I hope that they are for other people, but. Dynamics is where all the feel is, so especially when you're paying for a ticket to see an artist live, that's where a lot of the magic happens is the control of dynamics. And when you want to talk about control with vocal control, you got a lot of power when you bring it down like that, and then you just like dig in the way she does. She's she's on. So we're going to go off on Rock Chicks. I definitely got to give a shout out to my girl, Jackie Benson. I don't know if you know her. She is a Taylor guitarist and a great singer. She's an artist as well. I'm going to choose Rolling On by Jackie Benson. She's uh, also got this really cool personality on stage and uh, facial expressions. I'm a fan of it. She does them well. So shout out to Jackie. She's awesome. Yeah, this is that old school. When you mentioned the facial expressions, watching videos of her. I'm reminded of B.B. King as if the guitar is kind of an extension of who she is as a person, the way B.B. played that guitar. You felt like Lucille was one with him, if that doesn't sound too high and religious there. But I think you get what I'm saying. Hell yeah. Awesome track. And I think following it up, I'm going to go with somebody who's been on the scene for a very, very, very long time. Because in the 
70s and 80s, he performed in both Canned Heat and John Mayall and the Blues Breakers before launching an amazingly successful blues rock career that is pretty much worldwide. And I'm going to go with Walter Trout's Wanna Dance from 2020's Ordinary Madness. This song has this kind of Neil Young and Crazy Horse vibe woven into a groove that kind of brings that rock side more to the blues rock table, so to speak. I discovered Walter Trout 20-something years back on a website called mp3.com. And they used to have charts Ah. and looking for the promised land was high up on the blues charts. And I checked it out. And as soon as I heard his riff, I was immediately hooked. He's actually releasing a new album in March called Broken. So be on the lookout for that one because the pre-release singles I've heard thus far, it's probably going to be another monster album. So I pretty much own his entire discography. And there's not a single album he's put out that I personally can't listen to start to finish but want to dance has a really unique vibe that i think brings a different dynamic to the songs we've been talking about tonight so i thought that'd be kind of cool for the next spot oh cool so he played with canned heat in the mm-hmm. 80s it looks like i'm just kind of reading all right cool cool dude i fucking playing uh that rock cruise and can heat is on the bill Really cool. Damn, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I got to check him out. I can't say I I checked out that album. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. I do, oh man. I mean, I'm going to say, since I don't know him, I'm just going to, I'm going to pull one out here. We'll do um, Ain't None Watered Down by Tyler Bryant in The Shakedown. Ooh, yeah. Yes, badass. Awesome song, and believe it or not, I mentioned that Rival Sons Stone Temple Pilots tour that I saw back in 2019, Tyler Brandt and The Shakedown opened that show, so that was a ridiculous triple bill right there. Bam. Mm -hmm. I think to follow that up, I'm going to go with an album that was one of my absolute favorites in 2022, and this song has a vibe similar to When My Train Comes In by Gary Clark Jr., because it's just another dirty riff. And it's by Rebecca and Megan Lavelle, otherwise known as Larkin Poe, the oh, sister honey. duo that's been making insane music since 2010. Each album just keeps getting better and better. Along with Marcus King's Youngblood, Blood Harmony was easily a top 2022 album for me. And in a similar nod to a lot of the groups and artists we've been talking about so far tonight, they're taking blues rock in a different direction. And I love the slide work that they're bringing into it because the slide guitar over the nasty riff really creates a unique dynamic. Normally, it's just shredding over a nasty riff. And this kind of has this smooth and sliding guitar, but you never lose an ounce of heft to the song. So let's go with Larkin Poe, Bad Spell. What's funny is I didn't know their names. So I was like, who is that? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, they're making awesome waves, especially over in Europe. And I I was playing some shows in Europe and almost at every one of my shows was a guy wearing Larkin Poe t-shirt. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Awesome. And they always want to tell me about how they saw them. So they are having lasting effects over, especially overseas, you know. Um, yeah, those those girls are awesome. 
my turn then. Well, shoot. Then let's go like way back in time to the mother of blues rock or mother of kind of blues, but she's got that grit to her. I'm going to go back to this woman named Sister Rosetta Tharp, who uh, I've seen a couple videos on YouTube. She is awesome. I'd say that one where she sang the, didn't it rain, didn't That's probably the name of the song. Didn't it rain, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, blues is pretty, blues pretty simple. If there's not simple enough, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, but just the tenacity and the performance and the confidence and the facial expressions. She's got it all. And she was way before her time. She she killed it. Yeah, she cool. She is unbelievable. Obviously in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a reason because she was a game changer. Well, that's awesome. When did she get uh when did she get like inducted in the Hall of Fame? In 2018, uh, because Brittany Howard from Alabama Shakes inducted her. That's right. My girl. Oh, that makes me so happy that she's the one who did that. That's Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking about Alabama shakes. Yeah. Hmm, to close outside A, I think I'm going to go down that road and go with their track Always All Right from the Silver Linings Playbook soundtrack, but also added to the deluxe edition of their Boys and Girls album. It has been one of my favorites since I first heard. I mean, Hold On was the song that introduced me to the Alabama shakes. But when I heard Always All Right, it made me just fall in love with the band. And I think that song just has a perfect ending to this pretty eclectic side that we've put together. There's a groove to it. There's a down and dirty nastiness to it. And I mean, Brittany Howard's just on another level. So what a, I think it's a perfect way to close out the side. Definitely. I love that song. Ugh. Well, there you have it, folks. Side A of our modern blues rock mixtape, which consists of Rival Sons' Electric Man, Gary Clark Jr.'s When My Train Pulls In, Goodbye June's Three Chords, Beth Hart's Caught Out in the Rain, Jackie Venson's Rolling On, Walter Trout's Wanna Dance, Tyler Brandt and the Shakedown's Ain't None Watered Down, Larkin Poe's Bad Spell, Sister Rosetta Tharp's Didn't It Rain, and Alabama Shake's always all right head over to myweeklymixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Now, Jax, in 2023, you released your debut full-length album, Only the Wild Ones, which I was introduced to, thankfully, by Patreon mixtaper Jason Donchus. And I was immediately hypnotized by the opening guitar riff to Wolf and Sheepskin. And when you talked about dynamics, when we were talking about Beth Hart, the first time I hear you belt out, but I'm better sleeping alone, I was just hooked. Only the Wild Ones is very much a blues rock album, but also very much an Americana album and very much a rock album. Obviously, you could have leaned into any one of those directions for the entirety of the album, but you found the way to strike a perfect balance between the three. Was that your intention when you were writing the songs for this record? Uh, well, shoot. Uh, well, thanks for listening to it. Yeah, the Wolf and Sheepskin is definitely still one of my favorites to play, too. Of course, I've extended the intro like any guitarist would (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man uh i just uh it's kind of one of the downfalls is i i don't have a vision until it sort of starts building on top of itself and then it kind of reveals itself to me in a very i don't know rick rubin way (laughs) i just i don't really touch (laughs) it until it needs to be touched and i don't know else to describe it but just songs that I really enjoyed writing and they all have their own vibe to them. I mean Ventriloquist is like jazz. Serial Emerald is this crazy thing that changes feel a million times with a ripping guitar solo and Wolf and Sheepskin is got a Hendrixy intro and you know uh, Wallflower Girl is like a super Americana song. There's even a banjo in it actually. I just all over the place. Dude, I'm just all over the place. I just be making music. We'll just see what happens. We can throw a paint <laughs> at the wall. We just throw a paint at the wall here. That's me. So. <laughs> but thank you, though. Well, you brought up Ethereal Emerald. This song has this kind of like breezy energy to it musically. But then you talked about that guitar solo, and it's 
friggin' stunning. I have to kind of put my New Jersey hat on here for a second and say, to me, this feels like a song that I would put the top down on a convertible and drive down the shore, and that is to the beach for anybody who's not from New Jersey. I kind of want to talk about this solo for a minute because listening to the album, it feels like you're using a wah pedal over this fast solo, but you're using the wah slowly as the solo is unfolding. that solo rips can you talk about how that whole slow burn wah effect came into play here you know i know something insane is i was in the other room the control room tracking the solo i had no pedal by my feet i had these two amazing guys that were doing guitar tech for me on the record um they were in studio b in there Operating the wall, which was hilarious, man. Um, my buddy Michael Vance and Eddie Hadid, shout out to them. Those guys are killer, killer guitarists. And they were pressing buttons and doing all the things that I just did not have the experience or knowledge doing. And they were in that other room. Who even knows what they were pressing? But it sounds amazing. I was just in the control room just like playing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the dynamics on it are ridiculous. And the next track I'd like to touch on is another one of my favorites from the album, Running Like a Gypsy. This song is such a killer blend of I almost want to say bluegrass, Americana, blues rock, and yeah, I'll say it, metal. Because <laughs> the banjo that Tim Halloway adds to the track takes this song that is really fast and in your face and high energy, but it adds this dynamic to it where you're kind of listening to the instrument's separation and it adds layers and depth to this song. And hearing a song like this Makes me wonder, when you perform this live, you tour with your band as well as playing solo shows. When you're writing, do you write with that in mind? Meaning like, hmm, how's this going to translate to when I'm up there by myself versus when I've got the band with me? Um, I'm pretty much just a mess kiss. I make it everything really hard for myself, uh, no matter where <laughs> I am. Now, Running Like a Gypsy is definitely a song I would not perform a uh, solo. It's funny is I actually, people re will request Ethereal Emerald and I can get away with it solo, which is wild. But Running Like a Gypsy, yeah, it doesn't translate without that driving force, which, you know, is a full band. Yeah, for the new record I've been working on, 
they come out the way they come out, man. That's just, just so funny about it. It's like I really don't have much control. Like sometimes things demand a full band. Sometimes things don't. But at the end of the day, a song is just melody, harmonic structure, and rhythm. And if you can't recreate that with you and a chordal instrument, you know, then you don't really have a cohesive song or a song that probably people want to listen to for that matter. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> but like, you know, I always am a firm believer in you'd be able to strip it down and be able to perform it, which I basically broke my own rule because I can't do run like a gypsy solo unless I really wanted to. But nobody really <laughs> wants to hear that. So, <laughs> Well, it is kind of one of my favorites from the album, so I'd be lying if I said that I didn't want to hear it. I'd get away with it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no one's going to want it. <laughs> well, along with Only the Wild Ones, in 2021, you released an EP called Underdog Anthems, which features the killer opener, High Class Bitch. I love the swagger you bring to this track, and the rest of the EP is incredible as well, but sadly at this point, the album is only available digitally, and I guess I missed the chance of getting a physical copy. Is there any chance there'll be a repress of it? Yeah, we're sold out of those. I think there's probably one hanging around in my storage locker, but that's it. I'm never going to actually do any more physical things of that, and there's like a special thing where the first 50 people the people who've been from the beginning with me when I worked with Michael Wagner, they've got the 51st signed copies with me and his signature on them. And I think those are kind of special because they're just out there and I'm never going to make any more. So, and they actually have two additional tracks that I took off online. So, oh, <laughs> I know, I know what an artist, like, you know, no, not, you kill, you're killing the CD collector in me because now I got to try to f track down that one copy. <laughs> well, they're probably, it's now a mission. <laughs> I don't think that they've grown in value. So <laughs> you probably get your hands on. Yeah. But yeah, man, Underdog Anthems was so fun. Working with Michael Wagner was such an honor and a treat. And oh, I'm so happy to have had that experience and kind of make a small mark you know, in the rock community for sure, especially since he just retired. So it's like, finally got my little foot in the door and got it in, you know? <laughs> so I feel blessed for that opportunity. That was a fun record for sure. Well, before we move on to side B of our modern blues rock playlist, this past July, you had a very unique invite to play at an extremely iconic venue that we talked about before. And I heard you talk about it on fellow Pantheon podcast network mates, all things blues and Southern rock show. And I doubt I'm going on some huge limb here because I think it's pretty safe to say this venue would be on every singer songwriters list on the planet. And I, as well as the, my weekly mixtape listeners, I am sure would love to hear about this opportunity and how it all came to fruition. Just wild man <laughs> it still feels like it didn't happen best day of my life for sure it's possible ladies and gentlemen it is possible to be an independent artist and have no experience and you know flop around and figure out and have something have a gatekeeper you know give you a chance which is basically what that was that was 
me on Twitter. I didn't, I don't even want Twitter X, whatever the hell, you know, and I got the social media thing. I only got it because I was sort of like forced into getting it as a social media platform. And I had like, I don't know, 100 followers. And um, Melissa Etheridge messaged me, like DM me on Twitter. And I'm like, what? It's a joke. Like, who is this? You can never be too sure it's some fake account that has a Q in the word Etheridge. <laughs> like, who is this really? She was just like, um, hey, I really like what you're doing. And um, just uh, want to say, like, keep it up. And if you're ever in California, let me know. And I was like, I can be there tomorrow. <laughs> and then uh and then i probably texted her back a little too much i think i got annoying and then she she kind of let me be for a while which understandable and then we just we got an official offer from her team and they were like would jacks hollow be interested in opening for melissa etheridge at the ryman and this is way way back like i could i had to hold on to the secret for like three months while i was playing dad rock on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean <laughs> and um yeah it changed, it changed my life I, I couldn't i still can't believe it it was so insane and so amazing and my family was there they flew in from massachusetts to see me i had all my friends i had anything you could need and i practiced the shit out of anything i could think of so that when it came down to that day my little 30 minutes on stage at the rhyme and like solo i could take it all in as it was happening and boy, did I, I just soaked up every second I could on that stage. Man, for all the dreamers out there who who want to be able to like have their music resonate those wooden pews, there is nothing like it. The sound that you get. I mean, my pedal board, like I have this Strymon pedal, uh, the Cloudburst, and I didn't even know about the low frequencies that it was even it could even produce because I. I've never been in a situation where I'm in a room like that and the low frequencies of the cloudburst pedal just engulf the entire, oh, during sound check. I mean, there's pictures that actually uh, my photographer took of me sound checking and just my face is just like half crying, half like, uh, <laughs> like I couldn't believe it. it was something else. And Melissa Etheridge was watching my sound check. It's the craziest moment. It's just like in a movie. She was watching me on the side and someone taps me on the shoulder and I'm kind of like, go away. Like, uh, this is my moment. Like I am sound checking at the rhyme. It's Melissa Etheridge. Like that's when I first met her in person. She, she tapped me on the shoulder because she was watching my sound check at the rhyme. And like, it was just me, production manager, my mom sitting in like the pews watching me sound check. And then Melissa Etheridge on the rhyme stage, just like insane. It just it is insane. It is. Yeah. So lucky. That's absolutely amazing. What a I can't as a musician myself having played venues that I feel I didn't deserve to personally play at walking out on that stage it's this rush that I cannot explain to another human being. It was adrenaline mixed with gratefulness, mixed with horror, mixed with fear, mixed with everything you could think of and it was an emotion that has no name. And I'm guessing what you went through was that times a thousand. Yeah, I feel like I, at some point I like, well, okay, so I received a, a standing ovation and the the pews started to rumble. And I was like, what is, like, 
it's just an unknown sound to my ears. And when I finally realized what was happening and they were still clapping and they were knocking on the pews and, and with their feet and, and I like fell to my knees and just like, uh, I don't know what happened. I think I kind of blacked out, honestly. <laughs> and, 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 uh, well, no, no, like I was still conscious. I was just like on my knees and just taking it in. And, and then eventually, uh, my friend, Chris Rambo eventually like ushered me off the stage. She's like, you got to go. Like you, you're <laughs> over time. You know, we're not going to go over time opening for Melissa Etheridge. We're not going to go over time. You got to go. He's trying to get me off stage. And I was like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you can ask my little brother, you can ask my friends, anyone. As soon as I got ba backstage, I just like went on the ground and I was like, everyone's like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I don't, you're talking. Nothing's coming through the year. I don't know. <laughs> it was so cool and so hard to describe. And I wish that opportunity on so many of my friend musicians who are working just as hard as me and deserve a shot like that. So thank you, Melissa Etheridge. Well, look, I think judging by the songs on your EP and this album, I think there's going to be a day where you're going to be giving that opportunity to an up and coming artist as well. I would love to do that. There's some magic behind these albums. And to kick off side B, I'm actually, because if you remember, I played a clip from Wolf and Sheepskin before, but I didn't talk about the song. And that was on purpose because this is the song I want to use to kick off side B. I am a huge fan of album opening tracks. And like I talked about, the beginning guitar on this, it just kind of lures you in and kind of invites you into the song. And by the time you get to that hook and you kick in, I'm all in on it. And I think it's the perfect way to start off side B. But instead of me talking about why I like the song, I'd rather spend this time hearing your story behind the song. Good thing, man. Wolf and Sheepskin is about being pretty reckless and pursuing the dream regardless of the consequences, right? A lot of us who are out here and trying to be independent artists, singer-songwriters, musicians, just doing this thing that's totally crazy to do, you know, kind of outside of the normal norm of life, you know, where we, we're sort of like a, a lot of us are very introspective and the observing type as well as crazy rock stars. <laughs> and um, yeah, Wolf and Sheepskin is about, I wanted the intro to sound like waking up the day after a huge performance. And, um, you know, I mean, the character is waking up alone or sleeping in their car, you know, and the verses are in like this odd time signature and they're kind of like, uh, they pull you and push you and make you a little uncomfortable. You know, the character is grippling with, you know, their hangover or something. And then it switches over to like a steady 4-4 four, four time and the chorus comes in. And yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to create that release and the strange numbness of totally not being okay, but also beautifully content with not saying the character's suicidal, <laughs> but there is the line about like, Sonorani's waking up with my 45, state lines double-crossed like a valentine, you know? It's like, yes. uh, 
there's something going on. There's something going on there. And I think a lot of people can relate, especially nowadays, because it's hectic out there. It's crazy. It's just insane. And yeah, that's that's it. Well, it's an amazing track. And now you get to follow, what would be a song that you would follow up your own wolf and sheepskin with? That's a good question. Man, um, okay, so this is my favorite new song off the Dirty Honey record. It's really good. It's got this biting vocal delivery. It's really good. Uh, it's called Coming Home. You can hear the desperation in his voice, and I think it's got a different vibe than Wolf and Sheepskin, but it's still a very personal and biting kind of numbness, but in a different way. And it's a new song, so I think it's cool. Dirty Honey is one of those bands that the first time I heard it, I always say to myself, how wrong was Gene Simmons when he said rock and roll was dead? Because this, these guys, the rival sons, Dirty Honey, there is a new crop of rock music that is just, it's got elements of the 70s, but it feels so fresh and modern. And it shows that there's such a bright future for rock. He couldn't have been more wrong as far as I'm concerned. And I've got a huge crush on a lead singer, so there's that too. <laughs> Well, following that up, I'm going to lean into the rock a little bit, but I'm going to bring it to a blues guitarist that I've been following for the better part of 30 years. And this past year on episode 45, I was lucky enough to have him on the show to talk about a lot of his classics, including this one. And that would be Kenny Wayne Shepard from 2017's Lay It On Down. I want to go with Baby Got Gone. This song, I felt like, Kenny had sang songs before on other albums, but this one was the first one where as soon as I heard his voice, I said to myself, there was no other person that should be singing this because they, they always go back and forth between Kenny and Noah over what songs are sung. And Baby Got Gone has KWS written all over it. But instead of me talking about it, when you're done with this episode, go back and check out episode 45 because he, he talks about the song a lot better than I ever could. So Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Baby Got Gone. Hell yeah. Well, I'm going to follow that up with the one and only Marcus King. Oh, yes. I'm not sure which one I want, man. I don't know. Which one would you do? Well, considering I had blues worse than I ever had in my bank from uh, his 2022 album, Youngblood, I'll go with that one. Man. I can't decide. I can't decide. <laughs> Damn, man. Uh, shoot. Have a hard time. How about the well? The well off El Dorado? Hell yeah. yeah. Let's go with that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with Marcus King. Marcus King, man. Damn. He is just on another level. For those of you that don't know who he is, please fix that. If you're a fan of the uh, Allman Brothers and that blues-based style of Southern rock, Marcus King is right up your alley. He's toured with Tedeschi Trucks. And if you're a country fan, his name will probably sound familiar because- on Zach Brown Band's 2021 album, The Comeback, he guessed it on the amazing Southern Pride. This guy's just, I mean, he's to me, he's the future of Southern rock and blues. You know what? Because a lot of people, I've got to tell you, a lot of bands fall short, especially artists who are really focused on blues rock. 
Half of them have either incredible vocals or like pretty okay vocals. Marcus King, how does he have incredible guitar skills and those vocals? It's like unfair. <laughs> the soul in him. Man. Oh my God. The high notes that he hits, they're just, the falsetto is, dare I use the word gorgeous? Yep. He's on to something. He knows something that no one else knows right now. I don't know what it is, but he knows. Nothing. <laughs> Well, following up Marcus King, hmm, I'm going to lean into that soul we're talking about here then. I think I know exactly what I'm going to follow this up with. And this is a group I saw open for ACDC. Now, I know who it is. Is it Ghost Towns? Well, Ghost Town is in my bank of songs, but yeah, it's not the one know. I'm talking about right here. While Ghost Town did open for ACDC, so did Vintage Trouble in 2016. Oh, and from 2015's One Hopeful Road, which was released on Blue Note Records, which should speak volumes right there because I don't know how many uniconic Blue Note albums there are. I'm going to go with a song called Run Like the River. Ty Taylor is a insane vocalist that commands the stage in almost a Mick Jagger fashion. And then you've got Nally Colt's slide guitar over this gospel stomp of a tune. And it's incredible. I don't know. It was interesting seeing them open for ACDC because there was so much soul in their music. To me, it would have been more likened to be on stage opening for the Rolling Stones. But obviously, ACDC saw something in them, and they're incredible. Ty Taylor is just got vocals. And when I heard Marcus King, I'm like, you know, Coming out of that, I, I feel like these two go back to back really well together. So Vintage Troubles Run Like the River. Dude, is that him with the hops? Yes. Holy. <laughs> like he doesn't mess around. Like he's oh. got this David Lee Roth, Mick Jagger. But oh. And this was on a stadium stage. We we're at MetLife Stadium. And he is literally 100 yards away from me on this little screen. I see this tiny little band off in the distance. But he is doing so much that people's jaws were on the ground in the upper level. And if you can command a stadium opening for one of the biggest hard rock bands maybe of all time with a completely different style of music, it speaks volumes to me. And I'll never forget hearing them do Run Like the River that night. It, it blew my mind. Hey, I'm going to check them out. I can't believe it. I've never heard of them. And they were phrases that I haven't heard of them. That's crazy. Well, <laughs> I mean, like with that, again, just like uh, getting that gritty, that Southern grittiness kind of in there. Southern grittiness and soul. Next one I'm going to do is Ghost Towns. It's going to be Last Train of Nowhere. That's their, yes! new, <laughs> that's their new song. I got to see these guys at the Gibson Garage event. They're the they're signed Gibson artists and the... The lead singer, ah, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he has total demanding attention from the audience. He is a fantastic singer and performer. And yeah, seeing them live is great too. But it's really it's really about him. He's commanding with the way that he sings and performs. And I think they just got placed in a movie or something. Oh, that, that song got placed somewhere. Can't remember where, but... They're Gibson artists. They're, they're cool. Well, I had that song and Between Me and the Devil on my list with a little note underneath it that said, depending on where the playlist is going, choose between the two. Yeah. <laughs> so that made my life easier and harder because I got to check off one that I wasn't expecting. But yeah. following that up, 
You mentioned him at the beginning, and I feel like you can't have a modern blues rock playlist and not talk about Joe Bonamassa in some facet. And back in 2003, when he dropped the album Blues Deluxe, I convinced my now wife and a couple of my buddies to come with me to the Mexicali Blues Cafe in Teaneck, New Jersey. And we saw him in a room with maybe less than 100 people. And he hung out with us after the show, signing CDs, just talking music. A year later, I saw him open for Kenny Wayne Shepherd and B.B. King in Atlantic City. And I said to him that night, because he was just hanging out at his booth again, he was doing the grind at this point. I said, you realize you're going to be playing arenas one day. And he said, well, that's the dream. And here we are 20 years later, and he is doing all that. I can't wrap my mind around the output that he is always putting out albums, live albums. The touring seems nonstop. He is just a workaholic and he's an incredible songwriter. But the song I'm going to go with is actually a cover because when Joe Bonamassa does covers, some of them are covers that you would say, I see that being a blues song. And then every now and then he pulls a cover out of left field. Like in 2007, he took Slogan by Tim Curry. And yes, I'm talking about that Tim Curry, the actor, and turned it into a blues rock song. But the one that I'm going to go with is off of his 2011 album, Dust Bowl. And I kid you not, it's a Barbara Streisand cover that closes out the album. Done. Prisoner, the love theme from the eyes of Laura Mars. And one might think to themselves, how do you take Barbara Streisand and translate that to blues rock? Joe did it. And this song has such a gorgeous tone to it. It's very emotive. It's delicate and soaring. And Joe doesn't overplay this song. He plays to the strength of the song. There is some pyrotechnics in it, but it's done so tastefully that it makes the song more powerful. And what I love about covers is when you take a song that people know and you put a spin on it to the point where you can listen to the original and your version back to back and feel like you're getting two different experiences. And that's what I get from Prisoner. Oh, Hell yeah. I remember listening to that, that Dust Bowl record a couple times. Um, there were a couple songs that stood out. I just can't remember the titles to them, but maybe it was one of those. But I love it when people who've got the chops to just go anywhere with a song choose to really branch out. Like Barbara Streisand, that's, that's cool. I'll have to listen to that for sure. Yeah, that one is definitely one that might raise eyebrows to the Joe Bonamassa fans listening. But hearing it coming out of Last Train to Nowhere... I feel like it's a really nice transition. So I'm thinking of this also strategically because I want people to listen to our mixtape and be like, dude, you guys just nailed this. Now, tell you what, is that like more of a slow song or is that like a... Definitely yeah. slower, okay. emotive, very emotional tune. Yeah, okay. Then I'm going to go with uh, my girl Susan Tedeschi. See the Tedeschi trucks. What would I choose? Man, I've seen her a couple times, but like last time I saw her, she was doing the uh, John Prine tribute thing at the Ryman, and she did Angel from Montgomery, and I sobbed. Her version of that song is just, it's unreal. It's on another right. level. And she's so funny. She gets out on stage, and she's like, oh, hold on, my guitar is a little out of tune. You know, I'm just you know, pretending that she does. She's not just about to, like, destroy us, you know? <laughs> she is, but she's so cute. She's so, she is so funny. She's so cute. She's like, oh, hold on. 
Oh, yeah. She, oh, she's huge hero of mine. Let's see. Let's do Midnight in Harlem. It's my favorite. Whatever. Sue me. <laughs> Great tune. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. You could pick a Susan Tedeschi solo album. You can pick a Tedeschi Trucks album. You can't go wrong with any of them at all. Period. Hard stop. No, sue me. <laughs> They're all great. Yep. So I love that one, which was on Tedeschi Trucks Band's Revelator. And then you were talking about that version of Angel in Montgomery that she does. And man, that is just, damn, that's the only word I could use. Imagine seeing that live at a John Pine tribute thing. Spine tingling. Is the like? Is that the right word to use? It's Yeah, I was crying. I was... <laughs> I was there with a date and I didn't care. I was just crying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, there are moments in concerts. I'll be the first one to admit, grown man, I have no problem admitting this to anybody I met. My father and I went to the LeVon Helm tribute concert that took place at the now gone Izod Center in New Jersey. It is out on Blu-ray. Grace Potter came out with Don Was on bass and a drummer and did the most beautiful version of I shall be released. I ever heard sure. where the end of it, she hits the high note and then her voice chokes because she's actually crying as she sings the yeah. last line. The hair on my arm is standing up as I'm just telling you this story. My father looked at me and said, look, I seen Jimi Hendrix play. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. People were still talking about her performance four songs later. And those moments, I, I will fully admit every time I listen to that version, if it comes on in the car, I'm like, okay, I got to switch the song because I got to be able to see through the welling in my ear because it's just so powerful. And it's such a, when you get it engulfed in those concert moments, they're on another level. It's the best because you get to escape reality for a little bit. Everyone wants to escape reality for a little bit. That's what we're doing. That's why live music's never going to die, man. I don't care how perfect you want. I don't care if you're one of those guys who wants to play the tracks. You're never going to get rid of live musicians playing together in real time in the same room. You're never going to get that experience anywhere else, you know. 100%. And coming out of Midnight in Harlem for my last pick, I think I am going to go with a little bit of a slower one here. But it's a song that to me is, again, it's just, it's just beautiful. And coming out of Susan Tedeschi, I want to continue with the female vibe we got going here. And I'm going to go with Anna Popovic with Robin Ford and Slow Dance, which to me, it's a song that as soon as you hear the opening riff, within a second and a half, you're hooked and you're brought in. And it's just stunningly beautiful. It's poetic. It's powerful. It's got this old school R&B and blues flavor. And then if you want to compare it to something modern, I would say in vibe only, it has a touch of John Mayer's gravity. <laughs> so it's one of those mellow nighttime driving tunes where you're headed home. It's late. You just had an amazing experience and you're kind of unwinding. This is that mellow vibe. So Anna Popovic slow dance. Yeah. Ooh, I dig. I don't dig it all right. Huh. Let's see. The last song of the night. You got to take us home from the whole night. Man, no last one. Shoot. You know what? I wonder if this will work. I'm, I think I'm going to do this because these guys are my friends and um, they are killer. 
because I started this podcast talking about how there's a scene going on in blues rock in Nashville. So I'm going to do a shout out to my friends. In Ace Monroe, we're going to do bad news. And actually, it looks like they got put on the modern blues rock playlist as well. I know I've got my song Renegade Season up on that Spotify playlist, but it's really cool to see their name up there too. So why not end the playlist with the new blues rock energy that's happening around Nashville and uh, the new artists taking over on the scene? I think that might be cool. It, you know, check it out and see if it, if it works with the vibe. If not, you can... Talk to oh me. hell yeah, it works. Make with an the executive vibe. decision. <laughs> yeah, make an executive decision. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give my buddies a shout out there because really cool stuff happening in Nashville with some rock bands are really killing it. They're they're awesome. Yeah. And look, it's a perfect bookend to somebody else who's been killing it yourself because side B of our ultimate modern blues rock playlist kicked off with Jax's Wolf and Sheepskin. Then was followed up with Dirty Honey's Coming Home, Ballad of a Shire, Kenny Wayne Shepherd's Baby Got Gone, Marcus King's The Well, Vintage Trouble's Run Like the River, Ghost Town's Last Train to Nowhere, Joe Bonamassa's Prisoner, Susan Tedeschi's Midnight in Harlem, Anna Popovic with Robin Ford's Slow Dance, and Ace Monroe's Bad News. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix, through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Now, Jax, next month, you'll be taking your music out to sea. Why don't you tell listeners a little bit about the Rock Legends cruise that you're participating in? I know we mentioned it briefly before, but... Good thing, man. Uh, talk about uh, <laughs> crazy opportunities. Uh, again, this one just sort of fell in our laps, and there was a call out for the Rock Legends cruise and we're so lucky to be on that bill. We are we're the Jack's Hollow is like right right at the bottom. Right at the bottom. <laughs> but it's on the lineup with Sammy Hagar and Billy Gibbons and Rick Springfield and like Canned Heat, like I we were talking about before, Jefferson Airplane mm-hmm. Air, Starship. And um yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Oh, that's happening in February. And I, and as soon as I, I, I found out, I called up my mom <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, I'm going to book, uh, you know, I'm going to get on the cruise ship. And, they, and she's like, it's sold out. I'm like, I think those kinds of things sell out in advance because I think they are like a, a yearly thing. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, just overwhelmed and totally honored to be on that bill. <laughs> that's the reality of it. I don't know. I mean, I've got my trio. I've got... Michael Lupo on drums and Taylor Tuke on bass. And th- these are my guys and they're based out of Nashville around and they're killer musicians. And I'm really lucky that I have them on my team and um, we're going to give it all we fucking got to give. We're, don't worry, we're not holding back. But yeah, we're, we are very humbled and excited, but also we're, we're going to go in there guns a-blazing. Like, come on. <laughs> that is awesome. So I got to ask, you mentioned all the groups, Sammy Hagar, Brett Michaels of Poison, you had Jeff Tate of Queensryche. Yeah. Is there anyone you're kind of looking forward to seeing throughout the week too? Dude, if I don't if I don't hang out with Billy Gibbons on that ship, I will ne- I will never forgive myself. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm be like, oh, I'm gonna just stand next to him and be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you uh <laughs> you going to Lido? You going to, you know, go get some food? You wanna you want some company? <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta get him on the next album. 
I just want to hang out with that motherfucker. He's <laughs> badass. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually had, I got to get paid from La Futura in my bank of songs for tonight. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to use it on volume two, but Jax, looking into the proverbial crystal ball after the cruise, after you back on land and you get your sea legs and you're all taken care of there, what does the rest of 2024 have in store for you in terms of touring and maybe a follow-up to only the wild ones? Dude, I have been writing my ass off. I've got so much. I'm sitting on a lot of good stuff, man, if I do say so myself. I am just looking for the right producer. I haven't put my, you know, haven't sent any, like, ships out to sail to try to, like, find the right guy yet, but I am definitely, I've got my ears and eyes open, and we've got a spring European tour that's already like almost all booked up. So we, we've got some great stuff in the works and I've got a, a fantastic team and I'm just really thankful and just kind of honestly, really, really excited for the new year. And I just want to, I want to get on a studio, man. I want to get back to the studio and record some stuff. It's never that easy, man. It's never that easy. You gotta like, you know, it's a, still an independent artist. I still have to figure out how to do that and eat and breathe, you know, <laughs> mostly eat, figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> Jax, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on My Weekly Mixtape. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. And remember, you can find My Weekly Mixtape on almost all the social media haunts at My Weekly Mixtape. You can also head to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to check out the full catalog of My Weekly Mixtape episodes. And finally, if you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help me out by either telling a friend, leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in, or becoming a Patreon mixtaper at Patreon.com forward slash My Weekly Mixtape. That's all for this week. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, enjoy the tunes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.